Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. In our final preseason episode, we're ranking every team in the Mountain West. We'll be using our voting ballots and the official site rankings will come out on the website tomorrow, August 23rd. Joining me to break down everyone in the conference is none other than our very own Mike Whitman. For better or for worse, I'm back again. Hey everybody. We'll go in depth on all the players you need to know about for this season and we'll fill you in on the potential breakout performers who can take their team to the next level. Without further ado, here are our picks for the top teams in the Mountain West. Yeah, so with rankings, as I explained the harder, I definitely am aware that everybody has some different reactions, right? I think there's a group of people who are like, preseason rankings are meaningless, and you know what? I agree with you. I think by the end of September is usually when I start seeing enough of a sample size to, to say, okay, I think these are the teams who are pretty good, and these are the teams who maybe have a lot to prove so far but you know what it's the preseason and we're all ready for football so we're doing preseason rankings anyway there's always going to be some reactions that one team's ranked a little too high or a team that i like is ranked a little too low and the the team i hate is obviously awful and that's all fine and good i think that's part of the fun i also understand the mindset of the team that ended the season on top in this case fresno state deserves to be ranked number one to start until they kind of lose a game or lose their title and it's fine too so i kind of humorously presented all of those in the preseason rankings. Jack, I started with Boise State. I think you did too. Boise State, at least for both of us, was the number one team. They came in number one on our offense rankings and fifth in our defense rankings. We had a collection of all first team members on this team between Taylor Green, George Hawani, Ashton GNT, Kate Beresford, Mason Randolph, and DJ Schramm. So that may be more than just about anybody on the offensive side. This is a run game that is absolutely terrifying between Taylor Green, who's already shown how good he is on the ground. George Hawani, he's been one of the most consistent backs in the conference when he's been on the field, and he finally got a full season last year. And then, of course, Ashton and GNT, kind of the wild card. We've heard he's gotten some time at slot since the injury to Latrell Caples, so they're going to use him in a lot of different ways, but you have to imagine that GNT is going to be a monster again this year. The defense isn't as much of a sure thing as the offense is, but it should still be one of the better units in the conference. You have a lot of really solid contributors that are ready to take that next step. Guys like Ahmed Hassanane, Dimitri Washington, Andrew Simpson. Besides DJ Schramm, there's no real established stars, but you have a lot of talent in here. Herbert Gums is another guy that you would expect to have his best year yet. The secondary, not bringing back a ton of starts necessarily, but a lot of talent between those corners, Kaniho, Reed, and Seiyi Oladipo. Replacing JL Skinner is going to be probably the biggest assignment for this defense to figure out, but Alexander Tubner and Rodney Robinson are both pretty solid candidates to pick up the slack there. I think overall, this is the team that has the most talent out of everybody. When you look at a lot of the other teams on our list, there's just going to be maybe a weakness, a clear Achilles heel, if you will, that Boise State just kind of lacks. If you had to pick a spot, maybe it could be the offensive line. Maybe it's the defensive line, the secondary. You're really splitting hairs at this point. This is going to be a very solid team all the way around. Ashton GNT and Taylor Green are guys that we have no idea where their ceiling is, so they could just get better and better, and they could carry this team to really special heights, which is why both of us had them at number one. I can kind of hear the critics, and I don't think they're wrong. Boise State doesn't win every year. They haven't won a Mountain West Championship since 2019, but they've played in every Mountain West Championship over the past few years, with 2021 being the only exception. They went undefeated in conference play last year. They lose a lot of players, especially on defense. I don't 
don't think the defense is going to be bad worst case scenario they're they're above average but when you look around the rest of the conference the other top two teams which we'll get into in a minute lost a significant amount of players and talents on one side of the ball or the other as well and i just don't see any other team taking that big of a step forward to be a serious challenge for the broncos again not saying they will win but just at this point before the games are played they look like the best team going into the season with in my opinion two other teams maybe a step or a half a step behind them so the next team up we have air force who mike had at number two and i had them at number four fourth ranked offense and second ranked defense they're replacing brad roberts which is probably the biggest assignment for this team but there's still a lot of talent and you know air force is going to be a very solid team all the way around john lee eldridge the third is going to be their main back. You got a lot of really solid guys on the offensive line. Thor Pagley along on a couple of different watch lists. Guys like Caleb Holcomb, Wesley Indago, and Adam Karras, all very solid linemen. They're still going to be figuring out where the rest of their carries are going to be coming from. Who's going to end up being the starting quarterback, whether it's going to be Jensen Jones or Ben Britton. But overall, that offense should be pretty solid. That's an offensive line that's going to be one of the tops in the conference. So it'll all kind of run through that offensive line. And even if the rushers aren't quite up to the level they were last year, they should still be able to produce a solid amount. Defensively, you got a couple of guys that really stick out as stars, kind of on each level. We'll start with the defensive line. Peyton Zadroyek is one of the best defensive tackles in the entire conference. A super fast, twitchy defensive lineman that really broke out last year and should be even better this year. Alec Mock is supposed to take a very big step this year. He'll probably be their most productive linebacker. Camby Goff, who was phenomenal last year in that spur Roll had three interceptions and nine deflections. He's phenomenal. I talked to him at media days. He's going to be another guy that has a very good season this year. And then Trey Taylor, who has been on a couple of different watch lists this year, and for good reason. He's one of the best safeties in the Mountain West that's returning. He's going to be the leader of this defense. He's a guy that could end up being an NFL-type prospect with academies. It's kind of a whole bag of worms there, but he's got the talent to play on Sundays. There's no doubt about it. So there's some things about this team that aren't perfect. The core is there, and you you know, on paper, Air Force is a team that typically underwhelms how much of their success comes from the whole of the parts, how good they are just as a solid program. So I think having them at two is a pretty solid spot. Maybe not as much boom potential as some of the other teams. For me, it came down to, do you trust Troy Calhoun's system on offense? We know the defense, as you mentioned, they're all conference talents at every level. They were one of the best defenses in the country last year and should be again this year. For me, I put my trust in their offensive system even though there's a lot of unknown offensive skill players as of the time of this podcast they still haven't named a starting quarterback which i laugh because that's a such a troy calhoun thing to do you guys remember a few years ago he would not name the defensive coordinator and it was just kind of an unofficial surprise until you saw who was in the booth during the first game of the season would not surprise me if he does the same thing at quarterback yeah we know the offensive line is going to be very good i think the system is going to shine regardless of who's lining up in the positions that being said people choose not to believe in the system or just want to bet on other teams players I, I get that I've learned to trust that Air Force is going to be near the top of the conference they've won 10 games each of the last three full seasons 2020 not counting also interesting with no divisions this year it would not surprise me if Air Force tends to benefit more than any other team they won't be fighting for that mountain division spot with Boise State they can get in the championship game just on their own talents if that makes sense next team we're going to go over is the 
Wyoming Cowboys have the eighth ranked offense, but the number one defense. So it all does start on that defensive side of the ball and specifically on the front seven, which is one of the scariest front sevens in the entire nation. That front four is as productive as they can be. Braden Siders emerged as a phenomenal freshman. He's going to be their starting left end. On the other side, Devon Harris emerged as one of the best edge rushers in the entire conference. And then you have two incredible D tackles, starting with Cole Godbow entering fifth year as a starting defensive tackle, which is just unheard of. He's got so many games under his belt, and he's got more experience than just about anybody. If he can get a full season of run in his final year of eligibility, it's going to be a huge boost for this team. And even if not, Jordan Bertignoli showed that he's more than capable of picking up the slack after Godbout got hurt. He was phenomenal last year. He was named to the Outland watch list for the top tackle in the nation. And then going to the linebackers, Easton Gibbs is the favorite to win defensive player of the year in the Mountain West. And for good reason, he's an NFL type talent, one of the best tacklers in the entire country, very solid as coverage, really athletic, a lot more athletic than you would think for a middle linebacker. He's on a host of different watch lists and for good reason. He's going to have a phenomenal year. Shea Suyanoa alongside him as their weak side linebacker. He had about 60 tackles last year. Really reliable running mate for Easton Gibbs. The secondary doesn't have the stars that the other levels have, but it's still very solid. You have a pair of former transfers in Darren Harrell and Ja'Cory Hawkins at corner. They're both very solid and were pretty good last year. and should be even better this year. Both starting safeties are back in Isaac White and Wyatt Eckler. They were both very comparable last year and they should be good this year as well. Uh, Moving over to the offensive side of the ball, which has really taken a hit, at least on paper, since DeWine McNeely was announced to have torn his ACL. Just a brutal injury for the guy that we voted as our offensive breakout player of the year, so it really sucks to see that. Harrison Whaley, we reported earlier in the month that he's going to miss the first few games with some knee reconstruction. The NIU transfer won't be on the field immediately, so we're going to have to see if this offense that we know will be very run-heavy, how they're going to fare in those first couple weeks now without both of their top two backs. EQ James is a smaller back who's got a lot of speed. He's very shifty, and I would expect him to get a ton of carries in those first couple weeks. Freshman LJ Richardson could also factor into the equation, but senior quarterback Andrew Peasley, especially in these first couple weeks, his play is going to be key. A guy I talked to at media days, he's very set on getting his completion rate up. We know he's a very solid runner. He can make a lot of plays on the ground, but if that passing game is not really a threat, if they're forced to run the ball with their running back three and four for most of the game because the passing offense isn't really clicking, then that's going to be a real issue for the Cowboys these first couple of weeks. Once Whaley gets back, I think this is going to be a rushing attack to be feared, even without McNeely. Trayton Welch was the most productive tight end in the conference last year, so even though Mark Redman may be more of a talented and NFL-ready kind of prospect, Trayton Welch is no slouch at all. He's got five touchdowns coming back, so he's going to be their big red zone threat once again. And the offensive line, even though they're going to be starting a couple of new guys at left guard, right guard, and right tackle, you still have Frank Crum, who was our first team lineman, one of the more experienced tackles in the entire conference, and their center, Nofoa Fiatulafono, another very solid guy that's a proven starter. The offense certainly has more problems than the defense. The defense is going to be the start of the show here, and they're a big reason why a lot of people think this is going to be one of the dark horses in the Mountain West this year, and I'm certainly on that train. This defense is just terrifying on paper, and if everybody stays healthy, especially in that front six, it's going to be hard to get any kind of points. I have Wyoming fourth, and I think you put it best. They are a dark horse team as a contender, and fourth or second is fair for them. Really high on Wyoming's defense. 
I'm really high on Craig Bowen and stuff, being able to develop players. The defense is extremely deep. We saw that last year as they were one of the nice surprises in the conference. Now they're your older, more experienced. Hopefully they can avoid that late season fade that they had the last two games of the regular season last year. The other thing we see, they play Air Force and they play Boise State really tough. That matters. You can beat or beat the, the best teams in the conference. Now, on the other hand, they're prone to drop a game or two against maybe some head-scratching opponents. The question is always, what is the Wyoming offense going to look like? We know they're going to run the ball. They're very great at running the ball. They've already hit some injuries, as you've touched on, but I have a hard time believing that a conference championship team would struggle with the passing game that much. Maybe another year with the system, and we see Peasley take a big step forward. I know he was haunted by a lot of wide receiver drops that weren't necessarily his fault. The passing game, I don't think, strikes fear into anybody, and it's hard to win 10-plus games as a one-dimensional team, unless you're Air Force and you're just amazing at it, I guess. That's why I have Wyoming a little lower, but I think they'll be a strong team in the conference this year. Moving on to our next team, it's Fresno State, who we both had ranked third. The offense is ranked number three, and the defense is ranked number four. The defending champions are going to be replacing their showrunner in Jake Hayner, and they brought in Mikey Keene from UCF, so that's where a lot of this offense is going to be run through. If Mikey Keene is indeed the guy, he's going to assume the exact role that Hayner had as kind of the shorter quarterback, but makes all the plays you would need him to. It may be a bit of an issue if Keene doesn't really work into the system the way that Jeff Tedford is hoping for, but you got to assume that they know what they're doing. Tedford is as good as coaching quarterbacks as anybody in history. The Bulldogs are also going to be replacing their top rusher and top three receivers. A ton of turnover in this offense, but they still brought in a lot of talent from the transfer portal. Damian Moore, a veteran back from Cal, is very solid. He'll get a lot of carries along with Malik Sherrod. They brought in Jalen Gill, who is a Horning Watchlist member. He's a very capable wide receiver from Boston College. Alongside him, some of the guys that have been waiting in the wings behind guys like Jalen Moreno-Cropper. Eric Brooks, who I got to talk to at Media Day, one of the vocal leaders in that room. Magdalena primed for a very solid year. The offensive line is very capable. They have two new starting tackles, which may be a bit of an issue, but the inside is very solid. Starts with Mose Vavao, one of the best linemen in the entire conference. He was a member of the Outland watch list. Jacob Spomer, who should be the starting center. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to be, but he is phenomenal. Graded out as one of the top linemen in the conference. And Jacob Isaiah, also a guy that's been more of a rotation piece, but when he's gotten on the field, he's been very solid. There's a lot on this offense that still needs to be figured out. But overall, you think that with Tedford at the helm, hopefully with his guy at quarterback, this should be an offense that maybe doesn't reach the levels that Jake Hayner brought them to, but they should still be quite capable. Defensively, you got a couple of stars led by Lavelle Bailey, who's one of the most consistent linebackers in the entire conference, and Cam Lockridge, who is one of the most talented corners in the conference, led the Mountain West with five interceptions last year. He was on our first team, all Mountain West. Got a couple of votes for Defensive Player of the Year as well. Those two are going to be the best players on this defense, and if they can play even better than what they've already produced, then this is going to raise the ceiling of that Bulldog defense even more. Defensive line, obviously, replacing David Perales' production is going to be easier said than done, but you have a lot of capable guys. Devo Bridges got a lot of hype coming into this year. You got two very solid D tackles in Johnny Hudson Jr., a former Juco transfer, and Gabriel Lightfoot, who played very solidly as a freshman. Malachi Langley, that other linebacker, along with Lavelle Bailey, the two of them make one of the most experienced linebacker duos in the entire conference, so 
that's a very strong group for the Bulldogs. And the rest of the secondary, you got a lot of veterans. Carlton Johnson and Maurice Norris are both going to fill those other two starting cornerback spots along with Lockridge. Krishan Gordon going to be their starting free safety. He's a junior, hasn't seen a ton of time, but he's one of the athletic, wiry, kind of taller defensive backs that you like to see in the defensive backfield. And then Dean Clark coming over from Kent State has a ton of reps over in the MAC. You would hope that his experience is relied on in this defense. He should have a very solid year. I think overall, there's going to be a lot of relying on transfers, which can certainly get you into trouble. But Jeff Tedford has shown that no matter who's on the field, he's going to get wins and he's going to have an offense that produces. If all goes according to plan, if Mikey Keene and Damian Moore and Jalen Gill really produce well and guys like Lavelle Bailey and Cam Lockridge play their best football, then this is certainly a team that could repeat as conference champions, but the floor of this team is quite low. If someone gets hurt, if some of these transfers don't fill their roles as starting guys, you could be in some trouble in Fresno, but this overall should be one of the better teams in the conference, no doubt. I think Fresno State's definitely going to be a good team. Again, I have the number three. I'm not as high on them as some other people, both within our team and maybe nationally. I think you put it well that their ceiling is as high as most teams in the conference. Their floor, I don't think, is. They're putting all their eggs in the transfer junior college basket. As we know, that can be unpredictable. Hard to see it add up on paper, especially the offense. I think they'll have a good offense. I don't think they'll have as good of an offense as last year. I think Mikey Keene will be good. I don't think he's going to be Jake Hayner level. And we saw what could happen when Jake Hayner went out last year. I think they'll be very good on defense, but let's not forget they have to replace two of their best players from last year's team. So I don't think it's just automatic. But again, that being said, I think their defense will probably be third or so best in the conference, which is very good. Also reminded of just what happened in 2019 when they lost the core of that two-year run that where they were outstanding when Jeff Tedford came in and then 2019 they kind of lost that core and things didn't go so well. Not saying that will happen again, but it could happen again. They don't reload as easily as maybe some other teams do. So that just sticks in the back of my mind. Moving on to our next team, we have San Diego State. I had them at number six. Mike had them at number five. Offense comes in at number six and the defense comes in at number three. On the defensive side of the ball, they have one of the most experienced secondaries in the conference. A lot of guys really primed for their best seasons yet. Guys like Des Malone, Dallas Branch, Noah Avenger, their corners, very solid safeties in Devon Celestine and Sedarius Barfield. Cody Moon coming in from New Mexico was phenomenal last year and he should be even better this year now that he's in a more stable situation than he was as Lobo. Got a couple of other really solid seniors on this defense like Garrett Fountain who was voted as a captain and Cooper McDonald who was very productive last year. Going to be a couple of holes on the front six for this team but overall if Garrett Fountain can produce, if Cody Moon can produce then this should be one of the better defenses in the conference and on the offensive side of the ball I almost want to call this offense Boise State light. You have a quarterback that's shown that he can run the ball very efficiently in Jalen Maiden. Passing game not quite to the level as Taylor Green, but still a lot of potential there for Maiden. You got two very solid backs in Keenan Kristen and Jalen Armstead. Jalen Armstead is a very powerful back. He's over 220 pounds, probably going to get a lot of those third down carries. Keenan Kristen, a former transfer from USC, another guy that was named a captain this week. He brings a lot to the pass game and really that speed element that Jalen Armstead doesn't have. And the three of them, Maiden, Kristen, and Armstead, are quite the trio, maybe not to the level of Boise State. I think it's still something to be feared, especially if Maiden can stay healthy. Mark Redman, who is undeniably the most NFL 
NFL-ready tight end in the conference, a guy on the Mackey watch list. You'll expect him to have his best season yet. They're going to be replacing some pass catchers, so you're going to need some guys to step up. Makai Shaw, who had a very solid year, I believe is their fourth most productive receiver. And then you also bring in Raphael Williams Jr. from Western Carolina, who had over a 1,000 yards there. Both Shaw and Williams Jr. are kind of in that smaller receiver, but very athletic, very good at route running wide receiver that a lot of the Aztec receivers end up falling into. I think that this is a wide receiver group that maybe flying under the radar can be very productive this year. The offensive line, obviously it starts with Cade Bennett, who was a all Mountain West first team member last year on the Outland watch list as well. He's going to be one of the best left guards in the entire conference. But besides him, there's a lot of unknown on this offensive line. Besides Brandon Crenshaw Dixon on the right tackle spot, you're going to have three unproven guys at center left tackle and right guard, which could cause some issues. Overall, this is going to be a solid team. I think they're probably looking like a guaranteed 7-8 wins. I'd be pretty surprised if this team gets to double-digit wins. A lot of this is going to come down to how good Jalen Maiden plays. If he can elevate his game to a level we haven't seen before, maybe the Aztecs can get to the conference championship, as is if he stays as that kind of inconsistent passer with a very electric running element to his game. That's not going to be enough to win a conference championship, but if he can make that next jump, who knows how high the Aztecs can go. I'm in the same camp you are. I think this is a very strong bowl team. The steps forward in some areas are bounced up by the steps back in other areas, right? Traditionally, San Diego State has, like we've talked about with Wyoming, great defensive team, a great special teams team, really good running attack, and almost a non-existent passing attack. Now, the 2023 version has that passing dynamic in their offense, which they haven't had in quite some time. The changes they made last year were good and noticeable, and hopefully they can build some momentum in there. To balance that out, I don't think the running back room is going to be as automatic as it has in the past. There's a lot of talented players, but maybe missing that bell cow number one running back relied on in years past. The defense, I think good, but maybe not as good as years past. After have to replace everybody on the defensive line. They had some attrition in the secondary, but then they added in a really good player in Cody Moon and some, some other players. Were, so I think they'll be solid, but not otherworldly as maybe we're accustomed to. So I just see it as maybe the same result as usual, just a different way of getting there than before. No disrespect to the Aztecs. That seems to be the way it's shaking out this year. The next team we're going to go over is Colorado State. I have them ranked at number five. Mike has them ranked at number seven. Offense is ranked at number five. Defense at number six. In Jay Norvell's second year, the air raid offense should be better than ever. Obviously, there was a lot of struggles in that first year, but they're really primed for a breakout year. All starts with Torrey Horton, one of the most dominant wide receivers in the entire conference. He should be even better this year on a host of watch lists, including the Bolitnikov. Clay Millen also emerged as their quarterback of the future. If he can take another step in his development, the offense is going to reach a whole new level. They brought in a ton of transfer talent to help out this offense, specifically the offensive line, which is going to be starting three transfers coming up from FCS or Division II, all with 20 starts apiece. Jacob Gardner proven to be one of the better linemen in the entire conference. He's going to move back to center, which should really help solidify this offensive line. You also have Dylan Goffney coming in from SMU. He's a big body receiver that should add even more size and strength to this wide receiver room. And they have a new starting tight end in Dolan Hulker from BYU, who was also named a captain. The running back room still in flux. Kobe Johnson, the North Dakota State starting running back coming over to Fort Collins. Also on the Doak Walker watch list should have a very solid year behind him. KJ 
Edwards, a Juco product. And then also true freshman Damian Henderson II, who could certainly see some playing time. He's more than talented enough to burst onto this depth chart. Overall, besides Torrey Horton, there's a lot of projection I'm looking at this offense with, but they certainly have the talent to take a big step forward and really be one of the top offenses in the Mountain West if all goes according to plan. Defensively, you have two stars to rely on here. Jack Howell, one of the best returning safeties in the entire Mountain West, and Mohamed Kamarak on the left side of that defensive line, one of the best edge rushers in the entire conference with second in TFLs. Both of them are going to be just as productive, if not more, and going to be leaders of this defense. Another surefire leader on this team is cornerback Chagosi Anusium. He came over from Cal last year and was phenomenal last year, was their clear-cut cornerback number one, and he's going to be in that same role this year. Aiden Hector and Henry Blackburn also were pretty productive last year, one of them in the nickel, Blackburn in the free safety role. Both of them primed to have very solid years. And then you have a lot of transfer talent that should be starting on this team. Tony Pierce Jr. coming over from North Dakota State as well. Weak side linebacker should be Trey Pastor coming over from Cal, who I know Jay Norville spoke very highly of at Media Day. And then Dom Jones, another North Dakota State transfer who could be the cornerback number two on this team, which would create quite the tall tandem between Chagosi Anusium and Dom Jones, both of them over six foot. I also want to shout out Grady Kelly for his very impressive efforts as a freshman. He's going to be their starting D tackle this year and should have an even better sophomore campaign. The real Achilles heel of this team is going to be that linebacker group with Drew Kulik now medically retired. That's an incredibly thin group. If Trey Pastor or Chase Wilson goes down, they could be in a world of hurt, but they're going to be relying on that secondary and Mohamed Kamara. Hopefully some of those other defensive line guys can produce alongside Kamara to strengthen up the sack factor on this defense. But I think overall, especially when you add in how much potential that offense has, I think Colorado State is a team that's really on the rise and primed for a breakout year. They're going to be one of the most improved teams in 2023 in the Mountain West. The question is, how much will that improvement be? I think for me, they're one of four teams that could finish in any order, kind of in the middle of the conference. The offense should be a lot better than what we've seen last year. For a lot of teams, probably most teams in the Mountain West, I'm just keep coming back to like, prove it first, right? Prove it first. For the Rams, it's score 20 points a game first, and then we can talk about how high this ceiling is. I'm not trying to hate on them. I think that's the first bar that needs to be cleared, right? I think they're capable of going to a bowl. I think they're capable of finishing in the top half of the conference, but first score 20 points a game. The wide receiver room is one of the deepest, if not the deepest in the conference. I think their secondary is very good. Their pass rush should be good. Quarterback play should be improved. I think Clay is a good quarterback. I'm curious to see how much his development has taken off over the past year, another year in the system. I think the offensive line and running back will be the two big concerns on offense. They can probably get away with one, but not both being a weakness this year. So it's just a matter of like, can one of those two spots emerge and be at least average for that offense to succeed? I think they're more than capable of making a bowl game. So we will see. Next on our list is Utah State. I had them ranked at number 10. Mike had them ranked at number eight. Offense came in at number seven and the defense came in at number eight. 2022, clearly a step back from the conference championship in Blake Anderson's first year, but this team is certainly primed for a rebound. Cooper Legas comes back as their starting quarterback officially, and he's a guy that should be able to improve if he can cut down on the turnovers. He's going to have a pretty solid year. Robert Briggs Jr., a guy on the Campbell watch list, one of the better returning backs that emerged as a starter last year, so I'm very excited to see what he's capable of. Terrell Vaughn, one of the best slot receivers in the entire nation. He's incredibly versatile. They'll use him 
him on jet sweeps. They'll use him on screen plays. Every time he gets the ball, he has the chance to go for six. So I'm very excited to see what Terrell Vaughn's capable of this year. There's going to be some transfers in the skill positions that need to contribute. Devon Booth, a Juco running back, really going to need to complement Robert Briggs. Colby Bowman coming over from Stanford, a former track star. You would hope that he can regain his form as a four-star prospect and help contribute to that offense. The offensive line has a lot of older players, still not a lot in the way of starts. Wade Meacham and Fale Puleyalo are probably the two best offensive linemen on this unit. Moving over to the defensive side, it's going to start with their two stars, Hale Motuapuaka and Ike Larson. Larson emerged as one of the fastest rising defensive back stars in the conference. He's a guy who's on the Jim Thorpe watch list, should have his best year yet. Hale Motuapuaka, who of course I got to talk to at Media Days, a phenomenal guy. One of the most physical and productive defensive tackles in the conference, and he should have his best year yet. Two other really solid guys on this team would be MJ Tafisi, their starting Mike Linebacker, who should again be one of the better linebackers in the conference. And Michael Anyanu, who even though he's at 5'9", he's one of the best cornerbacks in the Mountain West. Don't make any mistake about it. Shut down Torrey Horton for zero yards when they played last year. That's a guy that I would expect to be one of the better cornerbacks in the conference and a guy that's really flying under the radar. There's certainly a lot to be excited about on this Aggies team on both sides of the ball. I just don't know if they're stacking up with some of these other rosters. A lot of these rosters have a lot of star power or they're very solid all the way around, kind of one or the other. Utah State kind of has a couple of stars that maybe aren't at the same level as a guy like Torrey Horton or Talon Green. And they still have a lot of pretty noticeable holes like that offensive line, like that second linebacker spot, like the rest of the defensive line besides Hale Motuapuaka. There's going to be a lot that needs to go right for the Aggies. I just don't know if I see that being in the cards for them. We're going to learn a lot about this team week one when they play Iowa, a team that got a lot of votes last week for the AP Top 25. If they can put together a good showing, then I'll feel a lot more confident in this team. But as it stands on paper, just a bit underwhelming. The Aggies are another team who got better as the season went on last year. You know, they had a lot of injuries. I think they started to figure things out on offense. You saw that dynamic, quick scoring mode comeback for the Aggies as the season went on last year. Unfortunately, they lost a number of players on both sides of the ball, plus both coordinators. Definitely taking a big step back from their pass rush. So hard to get too excited about them. Now I know Coach Anderson and kind of the buzz around them is that they're deeper at every position this year compared to years past. And I think that's true. I think they might be lacking that big star power, although they certainly have a number of good players. It's very possible they're a better team from top to bottom, but I don't know if that'll be enough to really catapult them into the top of the league. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Hard to get too excited about them on paper. Next up, we're going to go over the San Jose State Spartans. I had them ranked at number seven. Mike had them ranked at number six. They have our second ranked offense and our seventh ranked defense. It all starts with Chevin Cordiero, who emerged as the most prolific passer in the conference, and he should have an even better year this year. If he can stay healthy, then he can take this team all the way to a conference championship. Got a lot of other guys on this team that are really proven and solid contributors. Kyrie Robinson one of the most productive backs in the conference over the last few years. Dominic Mazzotti, even though he was hurt towards the end of the year, was incredibly productive when he was on the field. And then even though Elijah Cooks did move on to the NFL, Justin Lockhart and Charles Ross, also Nick Nash, all guys that can help bridge that gap left by him. The offensive line had to start three freshmen last year, but it's going to pay dividends this year with those guys back in the lineup. Fernando Carmona Jr. was on our all Mountain West second team. Guys like Anthony Pardue and and Jaime Navarro, really prime.
trying to have their best years yet. Moving on to the defensive side, they're going to be replacing a ton of D-line production, but Sawane Tawoya certainly seems to be the guy that's going to take that big step and produce over 10 sacks. Jake Hockeyva, also a very solid nose tackle. The linebackers are going to have a couple of new starters, but Brian Parham really came on towards the back half of the year as one of the most athletic linebackers in the conference. Really excited to see what he's capable of this year. And then the secondary has a lot of things to be excited about as well. Trey Jenkins entering his sixth year of football. He's on the Werfel watch list. He's one of the most proven and solid free safeties in the conference. Chase Williams, also a very solid running mate with him. Kenyon Reed, a very experienced corner going into his senior year. We don't know who that second corner is going to be, which could be a bit of an issue. I think overall, there's a lot to be excited about about this San Jose State team. That defense is a bit concerning on paper. They're just replacing a ton of production, but you know Cordiero is going to be phenomenal. You know that offense is going to be putting up at least 25 points a game. And along with the improved offensive line, that's an offense that could certainly carry a team with a kind of middling defense if that is the case. But this is also a defense that could be a lot better than people expect. They're just a hard team to pin down. Initially, back in July, I ranked them a little lower, and then I'm moving them up to six, mainly on the strength of their offense. I think like a lot of teams in the conference this year, they're going to be very good on one side of the ball, and then they're going to be a huge question mark on the other side of the ball. For them, it's going to be the offense. Two or or maybe one, as far as offensive rankings go in the Mountain West this year. It's a very veteran group. As you mentioned, the offensive line, which was very inexperienced last year, is now put that around, and now it could be a strength just with all the young guys getting that experience and knowing what it takes to the offensive line at the D1 level. The skill positions are going to be really strong, I think. The defense is losing a lot. Two of the last three Mountain West defensive players of the year are now gone. Pass rush, which was a huge strength, now is a major question mark. There's still talent there, but it's just really hard to pin them down on the defensive side of the ball. Again, like I mentioned, we're going through kind of these middle four teams, right? We talked about Colorado State, Utah State, now San Jose State, and that fourth team for me is UNLV. I think that six through nine in the conference, I could really see any order. I just happen to be a little higher on the Spartans right now, but it would not surprise me if you talked to 10 people and they had all these different options for how these four teams finish. Next up on our list, we're going to go over UNLV. I had them ranked at number eight. Mike had them at number nine. They were ranked number nine in both offense and defense. It all starts with Doug Brumfield and Ricky White. They're both juniors and both show that they're two of the most exciting players in the conference. Ricky White was on our first team All Mountain West. Transfer from Michigan State, one of the best jump ball receivers in the conference. He's just as talented as Torrey Horton. He gets the ball thrown his way. He's going to bring it down. And Brumfield, even though he had a bit of injury concerns that he was fighting through last year, he's so dynamic as a runner and has a very solid arm that should be improving, especially after taking the time to be a Manning camp counselor. It's not just those two guys on the offensive side. There's some seniors to be excited about. Courtney Reese is a very solid running back who's poised to be a very solid running back. One, Shelton Zeon third is a very solid tight end who you would hope breaks out in his final year. Barry Odom was incredibly active in the transfer portal this year, bringing in Vincent Davis, who was a pit running back for a couple of years. Donovan Lester, who was on the Campbell watch list transferring over from William and Mary. You got some transfer receivers in there. You got two transfers expected to start on the offensive line in Jalen St. John at left guard from Arkansas and Jack Haas from Buffalo. They're going to be alongside guys like Amani Trig Wright and Tiger Shanks, who have really solidified their spots in the offensive line. I think this is an offense that's certainly poised to have a much better year than last year, which is saying something because they were fifth in points, third in passing yards, and I still think they can be even better, especially if Brumfield's on the field for the entire year. On the defensive side, it's going to start with those 
two safeties, Jonathan Baldwin and Jordan Morgan, both of them juniors. Both of them were very productive last year, and they emerged as centerpieces for this defense for the future. Then they also added Jackson Turner, who is one of the better safeties in the entire portal, coming over from Arizona, a proven Pac-12 starter who will certainly see time somewhere on the field. You have three junior cornerbacks who are going to be starting in those roles who haven't produced a ton, but certainly all have a lot of potential. The linebacking core has a couple of solid contributors. Fred Tompkins and Elijah Shelton both had pretty solid years last year. Xavier Carter, the transfer from LSU, didn't get a ton of play time down in Baton Rouge, but really primed for a breakout year. Can't wait to see what he's capable of on the edge. The front three is a bit underwhelming on paper, but I still have a good amount of confidence in them. Naki Fahina, a guy that got hurt in the first game of the year last year, poised to have his best year yet, and I expect him to. Darius Johnson and Jalen Dixon going to be the other two starters on the defensive line. I think my overall assessment of this team is just not really blown away. I think that Doug Brumfield and Ricky White certainly bring that star power, but nobody on the defensive side really does that for me. I think this team might have trouble stopping the run. I hope that's not the case, but if you can't stop the run, you're not going to be able to do much. And this is a defense that didn't perform too well last year, even though they did identify some guys to build around. This is a defense that's going to have to keep up with their offense, and I just don't know if they're going to be up to the task. For me, the Rebels are the biggest unknown in the entire conference. That's what happens when you have new coaches, you have brand new schemes, and you have over a 50% roster turnover. They're just hard to predict. I'd say there's a small, small part of me, maybe like, I don't know, 2 or 3%. Could see them pulling out like 2021 Utah State and just coming out of nowhere and just catching everybody by storm because there's no film on them as long as they're staying healthy, right? That was the problem with the offense last year. Key players got hurt. Pretty much holds true again this year. I know Brumfield's added a lot of muscle so that he can stay on the field more and not succumb to injuries. I think the go-go offense is going to take maybe a game, maybe two games to get in sync, but I think once they do that, it's going to take off and it's going to score a lot of points, right? But like you said, can the defense keep up? Easy to see there's a lot of talented players on the defense, but that looks like the side of the ball that's going to be harder to gel. You're going to see some miscommunication. You're going to see a few players out of position here and there. It's going to lead to some easy points for the opposition. I think the offense can do really well. I think the defense is just going to struggle a little bit more. Like I said, I'm open to being completely wrong here. I could see them finishing as high as six and making a bowl game. I think when you look at the schedule, like six and six kind of sounds right. That sounds right for a lot of teams. So that's why I have them ninth, just because they're more of an unknown. Next up, we're going to talk about Hawaii. I had them ranked number nine. Mike had them at number 10. The offense came in ranked number 10 and the defense was ranked number 11. I think that the offense now switching back to the run and shoot is going to improve a lot. Braden Shager showed some flashes as being a pretty solid quarterback. If he can cut down on some of those interceptions, then this is going to be a pretty fun team to watch. Tylen Hines emerged as one of the most exciting young running backs in the entire conference, and with a full season's run as the running back number one, he should be phenomenal. The pass catchers on this team, not too proven, but you got some things to like. Jonah Pinoke has struggled to stay on the field with injuries, but when he's been on the field, he's been very productive. Stephen McBride coming over from Kansas, a former pretty highly touted recruit. He should be very solid. I think a big reason I'm a bit higher on this offense than a lot of other people are is because this offensive line is going to really surprise a lot of people. Sergio Muasau, Solo Vaipulu, and Aliki Tanuvasa on the interior are three of the most experienced offensive linemen in the entire conference. I'm really confident in them. Both those tackles kind of need to sort themselves out. Kayena DeCambra is going to be a sophomore likely starting at left tackle who I've heard has had a phenomenal offseason, really poised for a break 
breakout year. Yeah, I just think overall that the offensive line is really solid. If Braden Shager can take the next step and if Tylen Hines can get the ball a lot, stay healthy, I think this is going to be an offense that plays a lot better than people think they're capable of. If you give up 35 points a game, you're not going to win a lot. That's just kind of how football works. But this should be a better defense than they were last year. Starts with Cam Stone coming over from Wyoming. One of the top cornerbacks available in the entirety of the portal, and he ends up coming to Hawaii. So that was an incredible job by Timmy Chang. Vertel Edwards the second, another former transfer, should be very solid. Showed he is a very capable cornerback and is going to slide over to that second cornerback role. Him and Cam Stone are going to be quite the duo. Peter Manuma also emerged as a phenomenal player as a true freshman. He only started 10 games, but with a full season's run, I expect him to be a All-Mountain West team member. Logan Taylor, another guy that showed up at the end of the season, got to start those last six games and ended up being, I believe, the leading tackler on the team with 86. A phenomenal player at the weak side linebacker position. And then Isaiah Tufaga, another former transfer who had his best season yet last year. Those two linebackers are expected to really, really lead this team into a new era. The defensive line is certainly the issue with this defense. Historically, it's just been too easy to run the ball on Hawaii teams. And there's certainly some things to be excited about. John Tui Tupau was very productive as a junior, should be even more productive as a senior. Kuau Pehopa coming over from Washington, a former four-star prospect. He should help clog the run a bit. Jonah Kahahawe Welch on the Werfel watch list should be a very solid edge guy. They've had some people that have produced decently on the stat sheet in the defensive line. They need to be able to consistently stop the run because even though that secondary has a lot of really solid pieces like Cam Stone and Manuma, it's not going to matter if you can just run the ball without fail. That's probably going to be the biggest factor on this team is if they can stop the run, it's all going to start and stem from there. I think there's still a lot to be excited about overall, and I think that Hawaii is definitely a team that's going to upset somebody along their schedule, and I think they'll be able to scratch and claw their way to five wins. Yeah, I don't know if I see five wins. I think the run-and-shoot offense is usually good to steal a win or two over the course of the season, but I'm also not seeing a lot of guaranteed wins on their schedule. I mean, five is probably their absolute ceiling, but I could see three or four is more likely. Defense will be better because of the system, but the question, um, as always in the first year of a new system, is do the players fit the scheme? Just like we posed with some other teams, I think at, at this point, at this point, they don't get the benefit of the doubt that like an Air Force does right on offense, but they're always fun to watch when they're watching the run and shoot. I can't wait for Saturday to take a look at how things go for Hawaii. Like you said on defense, the back seven or eight is probably going to be the strength of defense. I think there's some talent there that should really help them because no disrespect to any of the players, but watching them last year, some D2 or D3 defense trying to keep up with a D1 offense, getting beat in the open field too easily. They did not have the speed to keep up with the opposition. So I think they've addressed that this year, which is great. As you said, it's going to be hard to keep teams from scoring points if you can't stop the run. Really is going to be the point of emphasis for Hawaii this year. Our second to last team is going to be Nevada. I had them ranked number 11. Mike had them ranked number 12. Offense came in at number 11 and the defense came in at number 12. Ken Wilson's first year didn't exactly go according to plan, losing the final 10 games of the year, but they brought a lot more transfers coming in and a lot of those guys on that first team were transfers themselves, so they have a lot more time with the staff. On the offensive side, you're going to have a lot of transfers that are going to be immediate starters. Kaleki Latu at tight end coming over from Cal. Brendan Lewis, the quarterback from Colorado, you would expect to be the starting quarterback. Could also be Shane Illingworth. Sean Dollars, a former four-star prospect from Oregon. 
Oregon comes over. Ashton Hayes, a very solid back from Cal, transfers over. Also want to mention John Jackson the third from USC, who was a rotation wide receiver on the Trojans. And besides those guys, there's still some exciting players left on this offense. DeLavon Campbell, ironically on the Campbell watch list, one of the better returning wide receivers in the conference. Couple of pretty solid offensive linemen. Isaiah World was very capable as a true freshman, as was Andrew Madrigal at center. Zach Welch, a very solid left guard. He's a senior. Obviously a lot of projection on this offense, but if these transfers can produce the way they're capable of, this could be an offense that surprises some people. On the defensive side, the strongest group has to be those corners. Jaden Dedman, Isaiah Esses Amina, and Eastern Washington transfer Trey Weed. The three of them combined for maybe the most experienced cornerback trio in the entire conference. They're certainly going to be relied on a ton. They're going to need two new starting safeties. Amani Johnson and Zeke Robbins going to slide in there who neither of them have started a game yet. Drew Watts at weak side linebacker was phenomenal as a freshman. He was on our all Mountain West second team. Should have a phenomenal year this year. You got a pair of Oregon transfers who could factor into the linebacker equation. Jackson LaDuke and Adrian Jackson. One of those guys going to be a starter, but both of them should contribute. The defensive line is probably the biggest concern for this defense. They bring back Henry Ikahihifo, who went to Cal as a tight end, comes back to Nevada as a defensive end. James Hansen produced solidly last year. So did Elijah Winston. This is a defense that's going to need to improve a lot. It's an offense that's going to be relying heavily on transfers. There's just a lot of things that could probably go wrong for this Wolfpack team. I do think they're better than some people are giving them credit for, especially those cornerbacks, Drew Watts. I think there is a lot to like about on this Nevada team. I just don't know if I like them as much as some of the other teams. No, there is a lot to like on the team, right? Ken Wilson has a great talent for getting Oregon transfers to come to Nevada. He's also done pretty well with getting local players to transfer back, just like Hawaii has had good luck with. For me, it was a kind of a coin flip for the last two spots. You and I have different orders here. I'm not really going to put up too much of a fight contending what order they should be in. I see them almost as having to start over on offense. Quarterback didn't really work out, so you have to bring in another transfer, right? Your two best offensive players were both running backs last year, no longer with the team. So you brought in two really good on paper running backs to transfer into the program. Probably your three best offensive skill players are not used to playing with each other. So what does that look like? How do you distribute the ball? Things like that. Offensive line, I know that's been a point of emphasis. I think we'll see that probably as a net positive. Just too many question marks or too much newness, I guess, for me. I think the offense will be pretty good or maybe better than the defense. Going to need time to make it all flow again. On defense, there's some strength, there's some weaknesses. I think they'll be better on offense than defense, but we will see. Final team on the list is going to be the New Mexico Lobos. I had them at number 12. Mike had them at number 11. Offense comes in ranked at number 12, and the defense comes in ranked at number 10. The defense is going to be the more solid side of the ball. It's going to start in that secondary. Dante Martin made our all-Mountain West second team. A phenomenal player, one of the most experienced corners in the entire conference. Tavion Combs coming off of injury showed he's very capable as their middle safety. Zach Morris also was pretty solid in his freshman campaign. Got two TCU transfers likely to start at those other two safety spots, Darko Perkins McAllister and Marvin Covington. Both would expect big things from those two guys. The linebackers led by Ray Lutele and Sayer Riley. Both of them had pretty solid years last year, should have pretty good campaigns as seniors. On the defensive line, you're going to need one of these guys to break out because I don't believe any of the starters have any starting experience. Tyler Keen at left end, Kyler Drake at nose tackle, and Gabe 
Gabriel Lopez, the transfer coming over from Wazoo. Overall, that's a defense that definitely has some really solid players like Dante Martin, especially, but mainly if they can't stop the run, it's going to be a big problem. And especially if some of those transfers don't work out like at right end Gabriel Lopez, those two TCU safeties may cause some problems. On the offensive end, there's even more transfers to talk about. Dylan Hopkins coming over from UAB has been their starting quarterback for the last three years, gets one final collegiate season in Albuquerque. Andrew Henry, who was Louisiana Monroe's leading rusher last year, comes over to New Mexico, should complement Christian Washington very well, who emerged as a phenomenal kick returner last year. You got a couple of wide receivers that are going to help them out from the transfer portal. DJ Washington, a Juco guy who was the Iowa Offensive Player of the Year. Caleb Medford coming over from TCU and Jeremiah Hickson from Alabama State. All those guys should help out Luke Wysong take the bearings off of him. And the offensive line, though, a bit green is a lot more solid than people would expect. J.C. Davis is one of the best tackles in the conference. C.J. James also showed out as a pretty solid center. Those other three spots, the two interior guards and the right tackle, a bit of a question mark. Overall, that's an offense that'll certainly improve from where they were last year. I think they're going to score a lot more than 13 points a game, but I still don't know if that's going to translate into a ton of wins. I think overall the Lobos are going to be solid enough to get to four or five wins. I'm really hoping they save Danny Gonzalez's job. Yeah, me too. Contrary to popular belief, I want every team to succeed. It's just not every team can go 12 and 0. Not every team can even go 6 and 6. So it's just the unfortunate part of the game. I believe the Lobos did everything they could to address their shortcomings this offseason. They had a lot working against them in the transfer portal, Rocky Lawn leaving, most of their best defensive players leaving. Focused a lot on offense. They're bringing a new offensive coordinator, quarterback from that same team, right? Also a wide receiver from that same team. There should be some continuity there. While I think there'll be some growing pains for the returning players, we know that Dylan Hopkins, is, he's going to be the guy. You have that leader. Finally have the answer at quarterback as long as he stays healthy, obviously. You know, so I think the offense will be improved, which is great. The flip side of that is the defense is not going to be as good. You know, it's hard to see maybe where all the improvement comes from. If the offense is taking hopefully a step forward, the defense is taking at least a half a step back. Three to five wins is probably their range. Probably four or more wins probably keeps Gonzalez around for another year just because you see that improvement. The other thing with them that's kind of been interesting is two years in a row, the Lobos have had a pretty good September and then just completely faded the rest of the year. Now, part of that is play some easier games in September depending on your out-of-conference schedule. I think that's factored in, but it just seems like they totally lose steam about halfway through the season and I'm not sure if that's just coincidence over the past two seasons or if there's something more to that. So just something that I've been keeping an eye on. Going back to Colorado State, like their hurdle, their first hurdle is score 20 points in a game, right? I think for New Mexico and Nevada for that matter is win a game in the second half of the year. Real quick, we're going to go over the teams from the Mountain West we think are going to make a bowl game. I've got eight of them. That's right, eight. I have Boise State, Wyoming, Fresno State, San Diego State, San Jose State, Colorado State, Air Force, and Utah State. I'm starting the year with seven teams, so my seven are going to be Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, Wyoming, and Air Force are my five blocks. And then, as I've said for most of this podcast, I think two are going to emerge from those middle four teams. And the two I'm picking right now, subject to change, but I'm going with San Jose State and Colorado State. So those are my seven. And real quick, we're just going to talk about our champions and our runner-ups. For me, I did pick Boise State to win it all. I just think they're the safest bet to win the conference championship out of everybody. Didn't want to go with Fresno State because of how much uncertainty there is in that offense. Didn't want to go with like an Air Force or a Wyoming because 
of the uncertainty of the running game there. I think Boise State was kind of the easy choice for the champion. I don't know if it's going to necessarily translate to that, but between the star power of those three at the top with Green, Holani, and Jinti, and then a defense that may be a bit light on starts, but heavy on talent, I think they're primed to take their first conference championship since 2019. And then my runner-up, I actually have Wyoming, even with the amount of injuries they have on the offensive side of the ball. I just think this defense is absolutely incredible. I think they're going to win a lot of games on their own. If that team can hold on until Harrison Whaley gets there, if Andrew Peasley can have his best season, get that completion rate over 60%, like he said he wanted to at media days, I think at eight and four, they could sneak into the second spot in that conference championship. I'm also going with Boise State, even though I think there's a really good chance they start the year two and two with their tougher non-conference slate. I think they're going to have a pretty easy time once they get into conference games and it's hard to see them lower than the second best team in the league come November. I'm going with Air Force as my runner-up playing them in the championship game, which will be really interesting. Like I said, I think Air Force has the most to gain from getting rid of divisions and I can actually see themselves in the championship game for a change. I'm just a little higher on the Falcons than in the Bulldogs, but but I understand if people want to not bet against Jeff Tedford because I think his track record obviously speaks for itself. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode, which will be a week zero preview and recap. Big thanks to Mike Whitman for hiking up the mountain to visit us. Thank you. I will see you next time. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. They're just as informative. And also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the show five stars. Nothing helps the show out more than that. So any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening. It's an amazing opportunity to do this show and I can't wait for the football season to officially begin. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.